0: Everyone, and welcome to Screams After Midnight. I am Peter. That, of course, is Tim. It's a pleasure. What what an intro as always. This is our top 10 horror (laughs) movies of 2019. Uh, This is a horror movie podcast, of course. This is our top 10 of the year. Why are we doing this at the end of March? Because we always take a couple months at the start of the year to catch up on stuff that we missed. Sometimes we couldn't get to the theatres for certain movies so they don't come out in VOT till January or or February or whatever. Anyway, uh, some just kind of come out late for some of us so uh, we got a bit of time to catch up and we're now here to do our top 10 horror movies this is a combined list me and tim sat down we debated we discussed what ones we wanted to put there we argued for our cases and you know in some cases one of us fought for one more than the other mm-hmm. but this is the screams after midnight top 10 horror movies of 2019 uh, so here we go uh, number 10 mm-hmm. is the child's play remake of all things mm-hmm. tim fought for this more than i did so i'm gonna let tim Explain his his reasoning.
1: Yeah, I was just uh I was pretty surprised by this one, uh because I think everything leading up to it was like, Yeah, this is gonna suck. Like um yeah, especially you know, the big thing, uh you know, having the original creator not really be on board and down with this, especially when we still have the original timeline mm-hmm. um <laughs> you know, still going on um and then yeah just everything you hear about it like oh it's a uh, chucky but he's gonna be like upgraded and like modern and stuff and it's very eye-rolly when you hear that but when you sit down and watch it it's actually surprisingly a ton of fun like um you know th- th- there's definitely points where it could have been better but you know the characters are very likable um you know it's a pretty fun premise i actually find interesting things to do with like you know the technology angle um Honestly, I think the, the biggest thing that hurts it is calling it Child's Play. Like, it easily could have just been whatever random, you know, uh, like, robo-doll movie, and I think uh, that would have given it, like, a you know a lot less, like, scorn from, like, you know, horror fans and stuff.
0: Yeah, I also don't think, see if you'd called it, see if you obviously you have to change the name of the characters, obviously, but, like, right, yeah. I don't think if you'd called this something else, anyone, anyone would be saying, oh, this is a Chucky ripoff. No, not at all. I don't think anyone no. would say that. So I, you totally could just get away with like changing some names. Obviously, change the look of the doll so it doesn't look like Chucky. That's yeah, the, the yeah. main thing. But like, so, and some of the kills are kind of fun. That, that, that was the yeah. surprising thing. Is that it, this was a fairly entertaining movie. It's weird because the original timeline, like you say, is still going on. We're getting that TV show from Sci-Fi that's continuing the original movies. But <laughs> you know, Brad Dourif as Chucky and Don Mancini writing the writing the, the show, and he wrote all the other original movies, but. On its own, it's kind of a fun time. Uh, yeah, it's not perfect. I definitely think there, there could mm. be a few more kills, or I, I think the the, the pacing definitely. could be a little bit better in the the back half. But mm-hmm. yeah, surprisingly, kind of entertaining and fun. So yep. fair play. <laughs> uh, <we> do. <laughs> our number nine is Nightmare Cinema an anthology mm-hmm. movie from uh, twenty nineteen, uh, which has Mickey Rourke as the honestly kind of the useless host of it. He kind of <laughs> in the, uh, the, the 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 sort of the the wraparound segments. But uh, what is good in the movie is the stories themselves. Uh, usually with anthology movies, I find that there's like one or two good stories and then some mediocre ones and maybe like a really bad one. This mm-hmm. is uh, notably pretty strong in this regard. It has one that I don't like, but the other four yeah. are all really enjoyable. And four out of five for an anthology is actually very good. So I yeah. uh, I can't fault that. Uh, some really fun story because I, I think it had to win me over. The first story starts off kind of weird, uh and it feels like kind of off but then by the time you get to the twist it's like oh okay i get what i was doing there that's actually kind of witty. Mm-hmm. and then the stories after that are kind of different there's kind of a, a almost old school twilight zone kind of one in, in the uh like a plastic surgery office where someone's like sort of getting worried that they're not doing what they're supposed to do to her. uh there's one that's in black and white that's kind of like psychological about a mother trying to like find her kids there's all these different types of stories and they're mostly pretty enjoyable so uh
1: yeah, I, I really like an anthology movie. And uh, yeah, I do feel like there's probably uh, more bad ones than, than good ones at this point. But <clears throat> yeah, when you can kind of nail it, um, it's great. And yeah, I think with the exception of, you know, one of the stories here. And and unfortunately, I, I think the, the idea for the wraparound is really good. But they don't like really – I think they try to like explain it like too much in the movie. Like it would have mm. been good if you kind of just – have this person showing these movies to you know people that just randomly walk in but then it kind of tries to be too much of a thing um but yeah i i I don't think i was like expecting a ton and then when i sat down and like you said like the first story is really good and i was like oh wow like all right this is pretty cool but all right let's see what the next one is but then yeah it kind of just keeps going like next one's like this one's actually really good too like and yeah and like you said like they're all like like pretty different like um yeah, it's not just like kind of the same thing over and over again. Like you, you get like, you know, some interesting, like serious stuff, but then you also get like some just really fun, like over the top stuff. And then some like, yeah, really comedic stuff. And uh, yeah, this is definitely one I'll be, you know, coming back to, I feel like it's a good, you know, uh, I think, especially like around October for Halloween rewatches, I was like, doing anthology movies and that's uh, yeah. probably one I'll check out again
0: yeah I think that's one of the key things there is that they are so like one is like really kind of serious and psychological one's kind of lighthearted, hearted one's kind of meta and satirical one's mm-hmm. you know like, they, they kind of jump around uh, in terms of those tones And which an anthology should do to an extent unless you're going yeah. for like a theme but mm-hmm. in this case I, I think that that's to its benefit so Totally. Nightmare, nightmare cinema number number nine number eight is the perfection this was a wacky movie that went on to netflix <laughs> uh starring logan browning and oh i can't remember her name the the, the chick from get out uh, but uh they're on a trip uh or not really even on a trip they're, they're like musicians but they end up spending time together in and i think was it japan and one of them ends up getting sick and I can't really tell you the plot beyond that because honestly the plot goes in such insane places there's twists and turns all throughout this movie to the point where you would never guess what the last like 30 minutes would be when you start the movie off or if I told you how it starts it goes off in some really insane directions that I mean it's a wild ride if nothing I think that's why it's so memorable is that it just it, it goes in places where it does these extreme left turns that are like oh that's interesting and then even once it kind of reveals what it's doing you can kind of see some of it coming uh, the ending's pretty like memorable as well pretty over the top and insane uh it's, it's, I, it's I can't even say what what its genre it really is what, what sub-genre it really is because that would spoil something because you, you've got no reason to suspect that that's what the movie is until like at least halfway through so uh, i'll just say yeah. it's a wild ride and good performances yeah. and go from there
1: you know, it's funny because you mentioned the thing about the the virus, which you know obviously feels a little relevant now. But I totally forgot that that was a component of the movie because yeah. <laughs> everything that happens after that is like so much more memorable. But um, yeah, no, this one's a wild ride. I think it's super fun. Uh, I love all the performances. Uh, Steven Weber, I think, is so good at you know what he does. <laughs> I guess yeah. I'll, I'll save it for you know for people that haven't seen it yet. But uh, yeah, I his character was really well done and. Yeah, this was um, it's like really fun, <laughs> a, lot, a lot of stuff, and then like you said, the you know the ending, uh, very memorable, <laughs> to to say the least. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm.
1: So, uh, yes, just don't, don't don't go in knowing
0: anything, just go for it and enjoy the ride. That is number eight, the perfection. Number seven is crawl we have a alligator movie here Mm -hmm. uh, where there's a storm in Florida. An alligator uh, is trapped in a house with uh, people who are trapped in a basement. And it's about, you know, they're supposed to be evacuated, but they're not. This is kind of my perfect it it felt like a throwback to like a 90s movie except that it actually has obviously i mean the cg is not amazing like it's not great effects but obviously it's better than what you could have done in the 90s and i i feel like it has that kind of vibe where it's just like it's my favorite thing about these movies is trying to problem solve okay can i can i do this to distract the Mm -hmm. alligator so i can get to this thing well it's a phone or whether it's a key or whether it's a whatever it's as it's a pure survival movie uh, and I think it's a horror movie. It's a really fun time. so a couple of really good jumps, actually. I don't usually see that about jump scares, but there's a couple of good ones in this uh, that yep. I think really work. So I would, I would describe it as a really fun time uh, that is again, not like a serious psychological horror movie by any means, but as a monster movie and a survival movie. It has a lot of fun stuff going for it.
1: Totally. Uh, I'm actually bummed that I didn't get to see this in theaters, because mm. it feels like kind of the ultimate like popcorn movie. Like, this is something that feels like y'all crowd could really get into. And, uh, yeah, it's just a ton of fun. Um, it, what I love is it does sound like it should be inherently silly. Um, but it doesn't actually really feel like when when you're watching it, like it's like, yeah, the characters are all, you know, taking it very seriously and they're playing it out. Like, um, yeah. Like what would, yeah. Like what would you really do? And like you said, it feels very methodical, um, almost like like a video game or something where, um, yeah like you have an objective and you know you'll clear something but then uh some new obstacle coming your way and um you know you have to find out a way to overcome that but it, it's very satisfying watching uh, you know watching them uh do this and then um yeah the I, I i agree like the cgi doesn't isn't always the best but i think there's also some times though where it does look like really impressive and cool and um yeah this is a lot of fun again <laughs>
0: yeah no i look like, at this was just an entertaining time from start to finish it was a really easy yeah. watch and you know i think this came like right after a couple of movies that were like two and a half hours long it was really nice to get a 90 minute tightly paced yeah. movie <laughs> that didn't waste any time and just did exactly what, what, what it's supposed to do uh and you know i i miss like horror movies and sci-fi movies that are that are just a simple premise a simple gimmick of like no it's a it's an alligator yeah. in a house with people like okay mm-hmm. let's do that during the flood yeah <laughs> let's do that yeah great idea just do it and do it to the best of your ability and i feel like that's what the movie does so yeah uh no and, good stuff
1: and it feels nice to see a movie like that that gets like um you know like obviously not like you know it's like a billion dollar movie or whatever but you know it is treated like a you know an actual movie and you know it was in theaters and stuff like versus i feel like a lot of times you get these kind of wacky premises but it's like such a you know low budget straight to vod thing that doesn't like live up to it all the time mm-hmm. uh, so it, it feels like this one although very silly like was actually given like you know a lot of care and stuff uh, towards making it like good.
0: <laughs> yeah it was it was treated with a bit more uh, respect by the studio and given yeah. some money in advertising and yeah it no, uh, craw- crawls us all the time Surpri- surprisingly <laughs> so even uh, so that takes on to number 6 which is one that Tim really fought for I, I, mean, I would have probably still had it in the top 10 but Tim really argued it up a few slots, and that was Doctor Sleep. <laughs> Doctor Sleep, of yeah. course, is the sequel to mm-hmm. The Shining, uh, but it's also an adaptation of a book called Doctor Sleep, which was a sequel to the book The Shining. It's a really convoluted... Tim, you, you you explain it. <laughs> you explain the, the thing.
1: Uh, well, yeah, I mean, obviously everyone knows I'm a big King fan, and last year, unfortunately, was a little more depressing uh, for some of the adaptations. Uh, I was hopeful for some, and they just kept not living up to my expectations. Uh, but then luckily... Mike Flanagan just knocked it out of the park with this. Uh, So I think what's really interesting and impressive about it is, uh, you know, Stephen King has famously said that he hates, uh, you know, the Stanley Kubrick shining, uh, even though many horror fans, you know, like love it, consider it one of the best movies out there, but uh, it does take some wild departures from the book. And then, uh, you know, in whatever year 20 something or whatever, he writes Dr. Sleep, which is a sequel to the book. And then, you know, Mike Flanagan does this movie, and he has to find a way to, you know, make a faithful adaptation to the book, but also find ways to make it uh, as a sequel to, you know, the original movie, which uh, again is different from the book. And I just really impressed uh, that he was able to pull it off. Like it is not an easy task at all, but he made something that I think is really uh, entertaining, interesting. Uh, it is long. Uh, I'm sure some people will probably complain about that, but I mean, for me, I I love the ride. I'm very enthralled uh, <laughs> all the whole way through. Uh, but I mean, it's probably not what people would expect a, a shining sequel to be. Um, the like the main thrust of it is these like psychic vampires that are feeding off of people <laughs> that have like the shine ability. And then um, Danny from, you know, the uh, uh, shining uh, is grown up now and has to kind of protect this like uh girl that uh, has the ability. But uh, so it does sound pretty weird. Uh, like when you kind of put it in that context, but uh, it totally works for me. And I, I absolutely love it. I got the Blu-ray and watched the like three plus hour director's cut. And, uh was still very much enthralled by it
0: oh dear Uh, i I mean i like (laughs) the movie i i do think it's a bit long i do think there's stuff that i'd cut at the start and i I do think the the ending's a little bit fan servicey but uh, i do think when it's doing its own thing when it's when it's doing the psychic vampires when it's doing okay danny teams up with this girl to try and take on this evil group of you know psychics like that stuff I actually really like I think when it's doing that it's, it's really well directed Mike Flanagan knows how to uh, to direct and write a compelling movie and I feel like I feel like that stuff is really solid so when it's doing its own thing and it's not trying to be a sequel to The Shining I think it's at uh, its best uh, I know there's a couple of things that sort of drag it a bit lower for me but uh, yeah, Tim loved it and yep. it is good <laughs> in a lot of places so that's number yeah, 6 right.
1: Yeah, really good performances, too. Like, uh, yeah, Ewan McGregor is great. Uh, I love the uh, the person that plays the villain, Rose the Hat. You know, she's uh, phenomenal. But, yeah, I mean, obviously I understand I have a King bias. And, like, you know, uh, I think the people that like this, you know, are probably, you know, more big Stephen King fans. So I, I get that. But, you know, hey, you got to give me something in a year that had – uh, some of the other King adaptations we've seen, it's nice to have at least something to cling to. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, number five is Us, uh, Jordan Peele's follow-up to Get Out, came out this year, and uh, it's another solidly well-made movie. I mean, I do think it's a step down from Get Out. Admittedly, Get Out was of course like a, a complete knockout of the park, uh, but once again, this is another one that Tim uh, probably liked a bit more than I did. Uh, I, I mean, I think it's really well done, <clears throat> uh, full of creepy, effective moments uh but i think it's a bit uneven whereas tim once again is uh the champion (laughs) of the movies that i i maybe under under appreciate i guess i don't
1: know (laughs) uh, no i mean everyone has their opinions i i i think i've heard a lot of people with uh like similar takes on it uh and I, i don't know for me this is right up there with get out like i honestly i don't know if i can really pick one more than the other but i absolutely love this i think it ha- is a great premise i love the performances um or i should say like dual performances like you know because a lot of people are you know playing uh you know two characters um and it's just got like a like a great tone and and again like i mean obviously jordan peele knows what he's doing so it's like you know the cinematography and the music like everything about it just works for me and uh and I, I think some people have this complaint like what, about the lore and mythology that he sets up, but I like it. I think it's like a very interesting um, thing that he's establishing here. I don't know if I need a sequel or need it to be explored more, but I think it kind of just gives you enough to really make it interesting and make you think about it. I think maybe if you think about the logic too much, you can kind of go down a wormhole, but uh, it worked for me.
0: <laughs> yes, the sequel will be called The Last of Us. <laughs> Okay. I, <laughs> could. I could. Uh, no, that's a very effective movie i i think uh the creepy moments are handled very well i do think there are some plot holes in the mythology that i mean i i just i couldn't help but sort of notice uh especially towards the end and the i, I thought it was weird that any like they treated something as a twist because i, I thought it was like really obvious from the opening what was going on but uh other than that uh, it is really well done really well directed i
1: mean I kind of, I disagree with that. I mean, um, obviously, again, people kind of bring their own feelings and stuff to it because I have had other people with a similar complaint where they didn't like it because they kind of guessed the ending. But I don't know. It didn't feel like like a gotcha twist to me. It just feels like something that's happening in the movie. Like, it doesn't feel like it's being played to be like, hey, surprise, guess what? Like, I don't know. But, I mean, again, that's just my feelings on it, so maybe that's why something
0: worked better <laughs> for me. But Maybe, maybe. <laughs> uh, but that is number five with us. Number four is Depraved. This is a, an interesting little indie movie, mm. uh, a modern take on Frankenstein, uh, directed by Larry Fessenden. Uh, this is about a guy who, who is actually murdered, quite clearly, at the start of the film, and his brain is used in the Frankenstein creation and the movie is about him kind of learning uh, to be a person and learning to to do things. It's, it's the scientist is kind of like teaching him how to do certain things, uh, interact with people, how to play games, so on and so on. But of course, he does have kind of flashes of memory of like who he used to be. Uh, so it's kind of this kind of tragic, uh, almost a little bit romantic uh, movie, and it's got this kind of sadness to it. Uh, but it's it's really well done. I I think. The movie impressed me with uh, kind of this uh, very melancholic take of of the... Because I think one of the things that Frankenstein, the classic Frankenstein, never really did was the idea that, you know... I mean, I think there's like a joke in the first Frankenstein where instead of taking the healthy brain, they take the criminal brain. So (laughs) that may be why it's a little bit unhinged, but i do I, I don't think it really explores the idea of like oh who the person was where the brain came from is actually a factor in who the who the final creation is right mm-hmm. that parts of that are kind of seeping through uh, yeah but it, it, the whole thing plays like a tragedy and it's really kind of bittersweet the, the whole time and you, you can't you're rooting for the monster and you know that things are going to go bad and there's there's a the human characters that you kind of you're not sure if you should root for them there's definitely one that you don't want to root for at all and uh, the I love how theatrical it plays it. There's, there's some moments in the third act where everything's going down, and like there's like a thunderstorm, so the, you actually see like the monster like oh, walking yeah. through <laughs> the rain and like lightning will, will strike and you'll see like a flash of light and it, I don't know everything about it just felt so operatic. Uh, by the time it got to the end, which I think stood out because it was so indie and melancholic throughout that once it starts going really <laughs> kind of like it's Frankenstein now, it kind of it, it mel, you know it merged together really well. Uh, and it became an experience.
1: Yeah, it, it, everything was really effective in it. And I think this one was kind of a surprise because, um, you yeah, know, I think we'd both heard, like, good things about it. But it still wasn't one that, like, everyone was saying, hey, drop what you're doing and watch this movie. We were just kind of like, oh, hey, uh, you know, this is out now. We should check it out. And I think we were both, like, pretty like, oh, wow. Like, no, this is, <laughs> like, really good. Um, and, yeah, it's just – you know, it, it, everything is just done, like, uh, you know, really spot on. And, like, the uh, – I, I remember, like, y- some of the, like, effects uh, for, like, when they're showing him, like, kind of, like, learning and, like, remembering stuff. And you kind of see these, like, you know, synapses, like, uh, like, going off in his brain. It was just, like, really cool, interesting uh-huh. way to take – you know, this, uh, this story that I feel like we haven't really seen a good version of since, like, what, 40-something? 1930, uh, 40, whatever 19, 19, the original was.
0: 1931. Oh, some people... I mean, people like the Hammer version from, like, 58 or whatever it is, but... Oh,
1: yeah. I haven't seen that one. But, <laughs> but I mean, like... I mean, just thinking, like, the last, like, ones we got, like the Robert De Niro one or that, like, I, Frankenstein one. Like, yeah, you know, I feel like we haven't gotten a good... Uh, or victor frankenstein or whatever like yeah i was gonna say it wasn't n-
0: another one after that that looked bad yeah victor frankenstein yeah. was the last one then i frankenstein was before like that was the one with aaron eckhart right and it was like yeah. an action <laughs> oh yeah oh it's been a rough time uh for frankenstein no, like, yeah
1: this is how you do a um like a modern uh you know like take on frankenstein
0: hell even uh, the hit television show Buffy the vampire slayer uh, had a kind of mediocre Frankenstein episode. Oh so. yeah, <laughs> some assembly required. Season two.
1: Yeah. <laughs> but no, this yeah, this is like very very solid. I was uh, yeah, I was I would say pleasantly surpri- uh, surprised by this one. Yeah,
0: that's depraved. Number three is One Cut of the Dead. Now this is a movie that technically uh, will be labeled as 2017, but. It is a, a movie that didn't come widely really available to everyone else until this year. And I, I've relaxed the rules a little bit if a movie didn't become available to everyone until... We, 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 we want to champion We want to say if a movie's good enough sure. to be on the top 10, we want to say, hey, go check it out. One Cut of the Dead is kind of a horror movie. It is kind of a comedy. It's kind of a lot of things. The, the problem with One Cut of the Dead is, though, is the reason why everyone likes it we can't talk about it because it is a complete spoiler. Because people watch this movie and they watch the first half hour and they say, this is kind of a bad horror movie. What's happening? And we know that. But trust us. (laughs) Trust us to stick with it because that's kind of the point. And the only thing I'll say is that this movie is maybe for just as much for fans of movie making as it is as fans of horror movies. And... As a horror fan who also is a fan of movie making, this is great. <laughs> yeah. This is this is a, a a treat a treat to behold. But it's very witty. It's very playful, and uh, by the end of it, you just get a big smell on your face. Uh, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's it's kind of wonderful. So
1: yeah, no, it's really great. It's very unique. Uh, this is one I had heard a couple of people talking about on podcasts, but it is very much the same. Like, all right, don't. Uh, You know, learn anything about it just go watch it like Uh you know stop listening right now make sure you're not spoiled and it really is worth it because when the you know the thing happens (laughs) that kind of makes you start looking at things in a new light like especially nowadays when you know people are so spoiler heavy and you know audiences are a little savvy to now as to a lot of times like where things are going it felt great to have like a genuine like surprise at like oh okay and yeah I can't really think of any other movie that does this where it really makes you reevaluate like <laughs> the the rest of the movie again it's uh yeah so I mean on his own it's just a great movie but then there's this added layer of um you know a really interesting like hook and technique to it um that and again there there's not like um, you, you know it's not something that's like you know has like any holes or anything it's like you know it works like really well. But yeah, so yeah, really can't recommend this enough. This is so fun. And then, yeah, it's it's kind of weird, uh, yeah, for like the best horror list, but to say, but it's like you know very sweet. <laughs> like
0: <it> does, <laughs> like
1: you said, it does make you feel good. Like by the end of it, like uh, yeah, you're you know you feel like happy and creative.
0: <laughs> yeah, one one cut of that is is very much worth checking out, and it's actually kind of unique on this list. This is the only movie in this top ten that we haven't reviewed. We never did an yeah. episode on *One Cut oh, yeah, of the Dead*. Right. We both saw it independently and just, yeah. you know, both liked it separately. So uh, maybe, probably one day we'll to get around to it. it. Feels weird to do it now, but uh, sure. <laughs> yeah, one day we'll do *One Cut of the Dead*. But *One Cut of the Dead* is very good, and you should check it out. Uh, so number two, number two for 2019 is *Midsummer*. Uh, Ari Aster back again after. A year, he was because he was in twenty <laughs> list with with a uh, Hereditary, uh, but he's here with Midsummer. And for me, this is the better of the two films. I think this is a better film than Hereditary, and Hereditary was really good already, but I think this is even more confident and even more uh, is to its point from start to finish. All two and a half hours of it, like from the get go, it sets up some themes. It sticks to those themes. Uh, it is about a really normal event that happens to people all the time, but it turns it into a complete. Like tension-filled horror movie. Uh, So it's one of those things where I uh, social horror is kind of a weird thing to call it, but because that makes you think of uh, social political horror. But I would uh, the reason why I call it social horror is because it basically turns like awkward normal situations into a horror movie in the same way that Larry David in Your Enthusiasm (laughs) turns awkward moments into comedy. This takes awkward social interactions and turns them into like terrifying moments that feel awkward and you're like, oh my god, please end this now. Uh, and it's all building up to some sort of confrontation, uh, plus she, it has the balls to be the brightest movie ever, but still be really <laughs> tense and be a proper yeah. horror movie, and some intentional humour in there as well um, you know, uh, I don't want to say what the movie's really about, because again, it feels like a spoiler and I want people sure. to go watch it, but <laughs> go check out a review if you want to hear us like, talk in depth, we talked about that movie for like two hours, Like we, this was a yeah. in-depth discussion
1: yeah, uh, you see I'm the like opposite of you uh i i guess when um and every like, possible way <laughs> but like I, the way you feel about like get out in us is kind of how i feel about this like i still like uh min Samar a lot but um i i do still prefer hereditary i think that is um uh, the better movie but uh not to say that there's anything wrong with it like this is still a fantastic movie uh it looks great um again it, it has like a very you know interesting take on uh yeah on something and uh and again just man yeah the way he delivers like awkwardness and uh you know th- there's so much stuff that makes you squirm that's not even like the horror <laughs> you know part of it it's just the yeah in- interactions between like some of the characters um but then you know when the horror stuff does happen though it is uh really really good so um yeah it's, it's a really interesting year where we got like so many uh you know, like sophomore follow-ups from like you know, really notable uh, horror directors
0: and yeah we got three of them obviously one's still to like come yeah. uh not, not to spoil uh <laughs> <laughs> what number one is but uh no i i think the direction is so confident like there's there's a great scene yeah. at the start where it just it's all from one shot uh and it's when like the you know uh what's the face oh i forgot her name <laughs> but uh, uh florence pugh thank you florence pugh she comes over and it's all the guys guy and all of his friends and they're just sort of like it's just one wide shot of their their apartment and the entire thing is so awkward in a beautiful, you know, intentional way.
1: Yeah.
0: I I just I think the filmmaking is exceptional, and I think it it creates the mood that it exactly wants to. And I, I think it you know everything's to the point that it's trying to make and uh, very successful in doing so. So Midsummer is is number two, which leads us to number one, which may not come as a surprise, but number one is The Lighthouse, which yeah. is perhaps the most unique. Weird, bizarre experience. Um, I can't say it's got the most sperm of <laughs> 2019. There's definitely some other movies we saw. Sure. Uh, Girl on the Third Floor, which just missed the the worst ten list. Uh, <laughs> that that had uh, a a lot of, a lot of semen in it. Mm. Uh, this has two semen plus a lot of sperm. Uh, does oh, there you go. does the Lighthouse. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean you've got uh, Robert Pattinson and Willem Dafoe as uh the sort of the senior and junior lighthouse keepers. And it, this is a movie where they go delirious, it's black and white, uh it's four by three, it's stark things happen that are making no sense. There's love crafty and horror elements, there's you know, people going insane, there's this weird like marriage between them where they, they get <laughs> angry at each other. Yeah. Uh, there's performances that are like erratic and memorable and just everything about it and i can't necessarily say that i completely understand all of it necessarily <laughs> but god damn if i wasn't enthralled the entire time
1: oh yeah i mean it sounds like you know like it's definitely not for everybody and it it sounds like something that uh you know might be torture like for some people to watch but man it i was like you know so hooked to like you know right from the start like i mean these two are just such good actors and seeing them play off each other and, you know, being these very like, you know, specific characters, like it, it, you feel like you could just watch them all day. And yeah, just like the slowly creeping madness uh, is, is so jarring and weird. And, um, it, it, and what I like about, like, I would say kind of, you know, this whole uh, top three is every all these movies, um, you know, it's not just movies. Like they also feel like experiences, like, you feel like you go through and experience the madness with them. Um, just like, you know, in, uh, um, Midsommar, like, you know, you feel like you're experiencing like the awkwardness and then like, you know, one in cut of the dead, you're feeling kind of like the camaraderie and yeah, uh, yeah. between the people. Like, you yeah, know, it's, um, yeah, it, they, these all just feel like really fun, like journeys, uh, that you're going on with people. Um, yeah, but yeah, th- this is like so weird and no one else could like make this movie. It seems like such a, like you get lucky and you have kind of like a slow burn horror hit that you know you feel like uh you know what else are you gonna do and then yeah to be like yeah i want to make a black and white uh movie about like two lighthouse keepers slowly <laughs> going insane um but man I- i'm really glad that <laughs> this exists
0: it's a unique experience you know 2019 i think looking at this top 10 it's got uh, like I, it's definitely made up of two halves. Where the the top half is all these weird, diff, very different experimental movies are are very yeah. you know are, you know Lighthouse is very much in one direction. Midsummer is also an art house horror movie in a very different direction. One Cut of the Dead is this really unique sort of meta take on a horror movie, and then Depraves is bittersweet indie drama, and then Us is kind of like a, a demented Twilight Zone episode, and it gets a bit more normal after that. But I feel like. All of the traditional horror, for the most part, maybe, maybe you could say "crawl" and "nightmare cinema" and "shells" play are the only traditional movies on this list. Uh, but I feel like most of the traditional stuff is the stuff that ended up in the middle. All the stuff that didn't make either the list sure. because they were just mediocre yeah. and they were just kind of doing whatever. Um, I miss slasher movies. Like we need some slasher movies, dud, damn it! Like yeah. I feel like there's been none, but.
1: I'm not even like you know you're more of a slasher guy than me but yeah even I w- would like you know some some nice like throwback or something to that yeah, like
0: I I, need some, uh, I need someone just killing someone with some sharp objects please you know <laughs> I to enjoy it yeah. damn it but like definitely the strength in tw- uh, 2019 is here is just inventive and weird and like taking yeah. horror in new directions seems to be the the most interesting thing that any of these movies are doing um so I, hey as, as far as the year goes it's pretty solid i mean like any year there's a lot of bad there's a lot of mediocre uh, we're going to have that every year but uh, i'm glad that for the most part we were able to fill it a top 10 without feeling like we were struggling to fill it um i, I think because you know, there's definitely one or two if we're going to do some honorable mentions here you know i really like lose the uh, german film uh, tim hated it which is why it's not in this top 10 but I, I i would have had that at least a few slots into the top 10 if i was doing it on my, on my own uh, I thought that, but again, that was an experimental <laughs> art house, like you know, surreal horror movie kind of thing. Yeah, I
1: think uh for for me the the one I really want to mention, which um I you know unfortunately I don't think it lives up to you know what we wanted, but I, I think it still deserves to mention is the the Headhunter, uh, which I, I again it's um uh you know it's a little too slow and there's not as uh like much stuff um that you kind of want in it but it is really beautifully shot and then on such a a small budget it's really impressive what they're able to do and and again it uh, i like you know kind of championing like you know some you know independent person who's trying to do their own thing versus like you're talking about the kind of you know people just making the horror to make horror or whatever um that kind of just ends up being a little boring but yeah, it's cool that we're seeing people doing like a uh, yeah interesting stuff, especially on like really small micro budgets. Yeah, so that
0: is it. That is uh, that is our top ten of twenty nineteen. Um, it's worth mentioning, like you know, if you say, was it worth not doing this list until March? Well, yeah. I mean, if we'd done this at the end of December, we'd probably wouldn't have depraved and we wouldn't have the lighthouse so our number one movie wouldn't be there yeah. uh so that, that's like that's why we wait we, we spend some time <laughs> doing more movies uh same with the, the worst 10 there was definitely a few on that that were you know from the last couple of months so yeah, yeah uh by all means uh let us know your top 10s of 2019 horror movie wise in the comments like and subscribe all that stuff you can get us on twitter at screams midnight of course we would like you to go to patreon.com slash Mailfuzz tv if you want to support the show and the channel and everything we do here And you can, of course, uh, give us $1 per month and get a bonus movie review episode of streams After Midnight every month. There's a back catalogue now of about 15 that you'll get access to for a dollar, plus a new one every month. Uh, $5 gets you early access by a day to all the movie review episodes, and it gives you the right to vote on an episode once per month as well. So go and have a look. Uh, The the vote for this month is up uh, right now, so uh, patrons at $5 and up, make sure you go and vote. But, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, go, go and have a look at all that stuff uh, and rate us on Apple Podcasts. That also helps a lot. Give us five stars, all that jazz. But, uh, yeah, that is uh, us. Uh, I can tell you as well that uh, the top ten movies of the year, uh, you know, not genre-specific, between myself, Matt, and Connor, uh, is also coming soon. So, look forward to that epic uh, in the next little little while. But, uh, yeah, this is this has been our top ten of 2019, uh, with Lighthouse taking the victory and taking the, the prize home so uh, his question do you remember what won last year Tim
1: uh, <clears throat> let me see jeez it feels <laughs> so long ago <laughs> at this point um, would it have been hereditary in 2018 I'm fairly
0: certain it was Mandy
1: oh okay that sounds right I think
0: it was Mandy but I mean I, I, you could what well, you mean say no it was actually this thing or whatever <laughs> um obviously hereditary was high I, I think i mean yeah. hell ari aster may have had number two two years in a row <laughs> that, that, that email actually got the number two slot twice uh so no yeah, that's cool uh and then do you, do you know what 2017 was no idea, <laughs> what idea
1: it was um oh, oh, well I, I
0: guess that had been was get out
1: 2017 get out was 2017
0: uh okay but may i had that number one i can't remember mm. I can't remember. I, we probably did. Because I, I had split, I think, slightly higher, but I, I feel like you would have argued yeah. get out higher. I mean, we can go back and check. People sure, can go yeah. back and watch that video and find out what we put. I'm um, <clears throat> just, just curious to check uh, in these situations. Um, but no, Cool. Cool. Uh, I don't think we did one for 2015 but it follows with a one just FYI yeah. <laughs> just put out there for sure. all right uh, so thank you very much for joining us uh, for for watching uh, we always appreciate it keep watching scary movies guys and hopefully here we'll get we'll get a good 2020 and get some get some big horror uh, to be be proud of and be excited about that we'll be excited to fill up a top 10 with no reservations without any like oh that's that this one or that one on to make it up to a 10 no, no. let's hope that we can fill a top 10 next March without any compromises so there we go (laughs) so thank you once again and keep watching scary movies guys we will see you next time